Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of Chasing Points. This is episode five with Sam and I. I might be, I might be rhyming now. That was there. You go. There, you know, just give me okay. bars real quick. Uh, Sam, what's up? Uh, we got a lot to get to, my friend. So let's just uh, jump right on in with uh, me rubbing it in with my predictions. <laughs> uh, Championship conference championship sunday and uh you know we've only been doing this pod for a couple weeks now but you are you have the upper hand so far in the uh our uh, picks for sure We're, we'll see if uh if i can close out our short season with uh the victory of, of predictions then we can move over to uh basketball and, and baseball and continue our predictions from there and keep tallies from that point. How about that? There you go. Sounds good. Uh, so to, to catch everybody up, it is just after the uh, whistle to the end of the Chiefs uh, Bills game. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl to uh, face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. And we'll recap that quickly. Uh, first, you know, I, I picked the Chiefs to win. You picked the Chiefs to win. Chiefs won. Uh but where we differed was I thought the Packers were going to take care of the Bucks. You thought uh, otherwise, and and you were right. So, you know, to tally up our, our uh, records right now, you are five and one. I'm four and two. So I'll take the L, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I feel like we're gonna have a different Super Bowl pick. We'll get into it, but I, on Wednesday show. But you know, I, yeah. I think we're gonna have a different pick. That'd be interesting to see if we do. All right. So, as I mentioned, we're recording this. It's about 10.10 on a Sunday night, right after the 10.10 Eastern, right after the Chiefs took care of the Bills. Uh, Chiefs started off slow. Then they ended up scoring three straight TDs. They put away the Bills, 38-24. Patrick Mahomes cleared concussion protocol, playing with turf toe, which, you know, is a lot more awful than it sounds. Uh, And, you know, led by you know, that res- great receiving core and their defense really stepped up and uh, the chiefs handily took care of the bills. I, uh, I don't ever doubt Patrick Mahomes when he's on the field. I never doubt when he's there, you see what he does with his arm. This man can take three steps back and still launch it like 20 yards down the field and make it look like it's nothing. Um, but we got to see another young arm that is also electrifying in, in Josh Allen, uh, which I think he's phenomenal. And I think that Bill's team is going to be great and continues to get better each year. But uh, the Chiefs have the best tight end in football at this point in time. The way that he moves, uh, I, I also say they have, well, they definitely have the fastest wide receiver in the league, uh, but most versatile wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. So they have all the weapons that they need, uh, but they did just lose a big one in Eric Fisher uh, going down with Achilles, so he probably won't be playing in the Super Bowl. So I think that's going to be crucial for them and their line, but we'll, we'll see and we'll talk about that on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, the, you know, the Chiefs line really kept Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes clean. Um, I, you know, I, I think he only had, they only had one sack only hit him three times, uh, the Bills' defense. So really kept him clean. Fisher, former number one overall pick, 
you know, a great left tackle and he's certainly going to be missed, but I think, you know, that defense is certainly the story and uh, Tyreek Hill went nine receptions, 172 yards. Kelsey had 13 receptions for 118 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> and you mentioned the versatility of Tyreek Hill. They don't call him cheetah for nothing. Uh, he capped a 20 miles per hour on that 71 yard catch. 20 miles per hour. Uh, this dude should be in the Olympics, let alone dude. I know this guy in the league for sure. <laughs> I know grown people that can get on a bike and couldn't pedal that yeah. fast. Like that's it's wild that he can run that quick. And that's not the first time that he's gotten uh, up to 20 miles per hour. And, and a run. like that man is just, he's a blur. Yeah. And it, it's, it's when we sit at home and we're watching him and it's just like, okay, like how's this guy losing him? If run against, have somebody drive their car next to you at twenty miles per hour, and tell me if you can keep keep up with it, because I'm sure you can't. Yeah, this he's uh, you know, when he turns the burners on, he um, you know, he he can do it all. He can go over the middle. He's great on the outside. You know, they line him up all over the place in the backfield, um, and you know that Andy Reid offense is really uh, just you know, as I mentioned already versatile, they do a lot of, you know, a lot of motion, a lot of intricacies within that offense. And it, it showed today they, you know, I don't think this game was really, uh, you know, after that slow start by the chiefs offense. And uh, it looked like this game was going the other way earlier in the game, but, you know, uh, you know, it, the score wasn't as close as I think the game really was, especially once Mahomes got rolling. Kelsey and Hill, the first time a set of teammates had over 100 yards receiving in the same game in a single postseason. That's nuts. That It's crazy that that's never happened before first. But when you think of it being a tight end and a, and a wide, wide receiver, set, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. Um, so, you know, this this game was, was a lot of fun to watch. And I think, you know, uh, ultimately was the game that we expected mentioned some you know a great night from Mahomes but you, you mentioned Josh Allen too he didn't have a bad a bad day at all really no. I mean he had 88 yards on the ground and he threw his only, first uh, yeah. playoff uh interception at, which so he's been is, a yeah. playoff twice now and that's his first interception that he threw yeah. and it wasn't even his fault it was his wide receiver's fault literally bounced off his hands right through his hands and went to the DB I never blame the quarterback for that that's the wide receiver's fault yeah only. they should really change you know kind of give a uh, responsibility to interceptions say so. more yeah you know he almost threw for 300 yards he had two touchdowns you mentioned that pick uh 88 yards on the ground he you know he's shown that this breakout 2020 campaign from Allen is real and he certainly has you know the big question with him it was never the speed it was never the size it was it was never the arm strength it was the accuracy and you know he showed he showed this year that he's ready to, you know, make that jump into that next level of, of quarterback. And this is just the beginning for a Bills team that, you know, we've we've sung its praises already so many times in, in our short stint at, on the show. Uh, Brandon Bean has really built a, a great team and, and will be a force in the AFC East for a while, especially with, you know, who knows what's going on with the Jets, who knows what's going on with the Pats. And, and the Dolphins are also in that discussion, but this is the bills division for, you know, the foreseeable future for sure. It's good for bills fans, but it's also bad for bills fans. And and here's why 
is the Bills are going to run into Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they win a division or not. There's they still got to go against his boy and he's already won one and potentially going to one another. Um, it, it's, it's just really, really nuts to think that like it's he's. And when I say he, I'm talking about Josh Allen. He's basically going to be Peyton Manning in this situation going against Tom Brady for the future to come because he's not going to get out of that division because Mahomes is always going to be him pretty much, or he's going to have maybe one, you know, maybe one chance to do it too. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's going to be kind of like that dynamic, uh, but it's going to be uh, fun watching these two young arms go at it for the, for years to come, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, it's a really interesting dynamic too, that we've spoken about, you know, you have Mahomes and Allen, 24 25 year olds and then the other end of the coin here the other uh in the other conference you have the you know the two goats the two uh elder statesmen and uh brady and rogers that we'll get to in a second but you know i i as you mentioned before you can't doubt mahomes and playing with turf toe and coming off a concussion Mm -hmm. and you could see him limping around Mm -hmm. and every time he left the pocket there were some you know some runs i'm like what are you doing but that's just he's just a gamer and uh you know this is his conference this is his team this is his city and and again in a big spot he showed that you know he is the best quarterback in this league and and will be as you mentioned for a really long time i i agree so let's talk about uh a quarterback that still seems to be uh, the GOAT, uh, still seems to win no matter where he is, going against a quarterback that people have deemed the best quarterback until Patrick Mahomes came at, came into the league, best quarterback they've ever seen. So, of course, I'm talking about the Packers and the Bucks. Sam, did we get our money's worth for this game? If I told you that Tom Brady was going to throw three picks, was this a 30 for 30? Yeah, right. <laughs> this week on 30 for 30. No, if I were, no, seriously, though, I was thinking about it. Tom Brady threw three interceptions today, threw three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, just like last week with the Saints, that, um, that Bucks defense, you know, without Winfield Jr. today and, um, was it who else? Someone else got hurt and left the game. One of their defensive backs, uh, Davis, right? Was it Carl? Well, somebody left. Um, the shoulder injury. I yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, no, it was their other defensive back, um, Whitehead, right? Yes, there you yeah, go. Whitehead. Yeah, he he left, and this defense just took care of Aaron Rodgers, and you really saw what happened to this. You know, the Packers line's really good, but without David Bakhtiari who's one of the premier left tackles in this game, not in the game, Tom Brady, you know, with the help of that defense on his way to his 10th, 10th Super Bowl. <laughs> and Tampa is going to be the first team ever to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium, uh, Raymond James stadium on February 7th. So that's, that's nuts. That's I think a lot of people were uh, betting against them because of that. And how hard it is to actually accomplish that, and that being that is 
never been done and now history has been done and it would some shit like this would happen in in 2020 to 2021 yeah, right? like it would leave it stuff would happen the browns get this far in the playoffs the bills get this far in the playoffs and then the first team ever to play in their own stadium it, it would happen in the 2020 2021 season it would it would <laughs> it's just wild man i i i think this is uh for everybody that's alive, kind of going back to, to Tom Brady and, and kind of tying it into what I was just talking about is record this. If you've had the opportunity to go to this, one of these games during the season, keep that ticket. Like it's going to be history. Uh, it already is history. Uh, what I, I find to be amazing is that Tom Brady keeps winning and defying the odds, no matter what he can throw all these picks. He can, uh, not have Bill Belichick. He can have Bill Belichick. He can have uh, no name wide receivers make uh, you. You basically just get a what's his name? Why can't I think it's Edelman's? Like that's his best wide receivers outside of getting Randy Moss. Uh, but this guy still wins no matter what he does, and it's amazing to me that he comes down here. Bruce Arians gives him the reins to pretty much coach. Yeah, and taking Alex shots at Belichick yes. on his way. To yes, it too. it's just it's so 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 wild to me. I I'm honestly enjoying watching this team play, and I'm actually gaining more respect for Tom Brady of seeing how he's kind of handled this whole transition. If that makes sense. I still, it's Tom Brady. It is what it is. I've never been a Patriots fan. I respect his greatness, but I, I'm respecting him more watching him this season. You know, the thing about Brady as being a Jets fan and having to just watch him beat the crap out of your team for (laughs) twice a year for the last two decades is even when he doesn't and he's 43 years old, he's clearly he's still the greatest quarterback of all time. Historically, he's not the best quarterback in football. Correct. Right now. But those intangibles, right, those things you can't measure, even when he doesn't have his A game he finds a way to get this team in position to win. And it was a really interesting dynamic. You know, so it's been the question with these two quarterbacks, you know, with two minutes on the line and a chance to go to the Super Bowl, who would you want with that two minute drill? And it's always one of these guys, you know, for so long. And, and Brady showed that, you know, even when he doesn't have that great stuff, there's some, this team is just energized around him. He's so much more than just, you know, a future Hall of Famer on a new team trying to make some money and try to win another championship. This team is rallied around him. I can't believe I'm saying all this stuff about Tom Brady <laughs> on record. But this is great. This, yeah, this but this team's like rallied around him and this, you know, they are buying into the Brady way, the Patriot way, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, after brady's last two interceptions tampa's defense just you know they're like all right we'll pick you up they forced three and outs i think uh what you've got to see which i don't think people really realize out of both of these uh at, even out of all four teams defenses today like the but the teams that won bucks defense is really good like it, it's really yeah. good. It may not stick out on paper. You may not have all the names that you, you know, believe to hear outside of JPP. 
but it's just like, okay, who else do they have? And you have to really pay attention to defense and know that they have some studs out there that really play. Uh, the Chiefs, all you hear about is the offensive side, but you never really talk about their defense unless you pay attention yep. to defense. Outside of the Honey Badger, how many people can name other people on that defense? So it's it's really a uh, – it's now going to be – and I think this is going to be a defensive game more than anything in the Super Bowl, which I'm pretty ecstatic because I love defensive football games. But, I, man, I, uh, I was thoroughly impressed by the way – how the way the Bucks stopped Aaron Rodgers today. Yeah, and uh, they were helped – the the Bucks were helped by a really <laughs> strange decision by Packers coach Matt LaFleur. There's just two minutes left, and they were down by eight. The Packers were down by eight. And there was a fourth and goal. So Rodgers missed three straight uh in, he had three straight incompletions, right? And on a fourth and goal with future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> LaFleur decides to kick a field goal to get the Packers within five. So Tampa ran out the stupid. clock. <laughs> Packers lose. Aaron I, Rodgers, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers said something about it. He said it wasn't my call. Yeah. He <laughs> I, said it wasn't my decision, but he understands the thinking. I don't understand the thinking. He, and again, he doesn't be, either. <laughs> uh, you know, Rodgers has lost conference championship games before. He's actually lost four straight, which we'll get to, but. You know, wouldn't you want to put the fate of your season in the hands of, again, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in this game? Yes, but while while we're giving him his flowers, we also need to call him out for the dumb things that he did during the game, like uh, the opportunity that he could have ran for a first down or a touchdown yeah. at once. Uh, that same that same uh, drive, yeah. Yeah, you didn't do it. So there's a chance that you could have won it earlier yourself. You didn't have to worry about leaving it in the coach's hand. So, uh, again, if for those, it's so cliche to hear this term, but a game's not won in the in the last minutes. The game is won or lost throughout the game. There's bigger, there's other events it's, it, that compiles throughout a game. So they didn't just lose it there, like like we just said. I I still can't believe he didn't run the ball. Like, I was just like, he's such a smart guy. Like, why are you not running the ball? You have this perfect opportunity. What did you think that he thought at that point in time? I don't know if he – I just – I don't know if he thought I, – I know there was a linebacker, like, over, you know, mm -hmm. over the middle, but it seemed like he could have at least gotten a couple yards. I don't know if, like – I'd have to watch it again. Was he not set? Was his – were his feet – when he has great footwork. Yes. Um, some of the yes. best footwork, but – um, you know, was he not set? Could he not? Was his momentum going in a different way? Did he just was he relying on that read to throw that ball? Uh, and and just was it Lazard? I think it was Lazard over the middle. And um, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm sitting there just thinking, okay, here's a gap. He's just gonna run, and if he doesn't score that touchdown, I think they're like they're only a few yards out from the goal line, so figuring if he didn't score the touchdown they'd at least get closer yes um, so yeah that was one of the moments there, there was certainly a lot um talk about the play right before half where uh Air, bruce bruce arians had the punt team out and then they 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 switched it up and brady was like no never mind mm -hmm. and you know with 11 seconds or whatever left brady just 
takes a shot down the field. And that is the Bruce Arians offense, right? No risk it, no biscuit. Took took a shot down the field to Scotty freaking Miller. And, uh, you know, got an easy touchdown before the end of the half. And poor Kevin King, man. Pretty good, pretty good defensive back. He was part of all three early Buccaneers touchdowns. And then he had a huge pass interference call later in the game. Dude had a rough, rough game. He looked like he was on the practice practice squad. And they were just <laughs> practicing how to high point everything. Like, let's, we're going to run the offense through this side. And we're just going to do this a whole practice. He got torched the whole game. Yeah, where's like, the safety? The whole there? game. I, I, you got to put somebody over the top there. It's, I, I, I mean, know, it's man. it's Scott Scott Miller, but it's also Tom Brady, you know? Really I, interesting. I, I just think – I think they were caught – they got caught flat-footed. And you can tell by the way he just – ran yeah, past him yeah totally they didn't they didn't expect no not at know, all that uh, but you know when you take the punt team off the field gotta expect something i guess but uh lafleur becomes the second coach to lose back-to-back championship conference championship games in his first two seasons since my boy rex ryan <laughs> how does that make you feel that you had to say that my boy. <laughs> Rex Ryan. When asked about the situation, Rogers mentioned it wasn't my decision, but he understood the thinking. He mentioned that. But after the game, he also said a lot of guys' futures are uncertain now, myself included. Rogers essentially had a really has had a really rough couple of years with LaFleur. LaFleur's probably like the same age as him. They're pretty close. He's running a different kind of offense than what Mike McCarthy did for so long, trying to get Rodgers to buy in. You could verbal, you could see the verbal altercations on the sideline for a couple of years. And then at middle of last year, it seemed to like click. They made it to the conference championship game. They lost to the Niners, but it's been up and down. And then this off season famously, you know, you don't draft any help for Aaron Rodgers. It show. I mean, Marcus Valdez Scantling had a touchdown today. Lazard's had some big moments. Robert Tunyon's come out of nowhere to be, you know, uh, you know, have a pretty bright future as a tight end in this league. But you can't say if you're the the uh, GM of the Packers, you thought all of that was going to happen. So now they waste their first round pick last year on Jordan Love. The writing Rogers took that really personally. Uh, he's made no secret about it. So when he says. A lot of futures are left uncertain, myself included. What do you think he means by that, Hayes? This dude is one of the most cryptic people I've ever heard speak <laughs> that's put on cleats. Um, uh, he might he might do the Brady thing and just leave or or the Brett Favre thing. Like he, I honestly think he might just be like, all right, whatever, I'm done here. Like you don't treat me like I'm the guy that's your future even though I'm getting older and I'm still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I'll just go somewhere else where I'm appreciated. I don't think he's going to retire. Um, that's what I definitely don't think he's going to do. Um, Cause he's still got life and he's still got a lot of play in him. Uh, but if he can go to a team that can still a young team that can kind of be built around him still right now and give him kind of like this window that Tom has, I think he'll be, uh, 
he'll be he'll do great. I think he'll actually win another one. Yeah, so so currently Rodgers is signed through 2023. I uh, signed an extension a couple Ugh, years ago. So terrible. you know, I'm not really sure what it looks like to cut him. There's probably some cap implications either way. Um, you know, he makes a lot of money. I don't know how easy it's going to be to trade him or <laughs> whatnot, but you know, could be really interesting. We've referenced this a lot too. The, the off-season quarterback carousel is really going to be something to watch between, you know, uh, Matt Stafford, which we'll get into, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, all of these rookies coming into the league, um, and you know, guys like Matt Ryan could be on you know the hot seat it'll be really interesting to see and we'll, we'll certainly uh you know keep you updated on that uh you know you picked tampa to win only 38 percent of our listeners on instagram we did a stories poll had your back well thank you to the 38 percent. you're the real majority here you're the real winners um, I appreciate you for having my back and understanding and realizing uh, what real winners do. Uh, we just pick winners. So there you go. All right. Well, <laughs> the Super Bowl is set for February 7th. We got a couple weeks to dissect this, but uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, sadly happened over this past week or since we last talked was the uh, sports world lost a legend and more importantly a, just a pioneer on uh friday i think it was uh major league baseball hall of famer and one of the greatest players to ever play and most underrated players to ever play absolutely uh, henry hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86 yeah i got a, uh, I got that text from my father uh and he said uh hank he just sent me an article and i was just like it wasn't, it didn't look like from a website that I would ever look at. So I was just like, let me see, did my dad fall some, for some like internet spam type thing? Right. So I, I plugged in Hank Aaron and it was one of the most searched at the time. It's like, okay, this is not good. And I read the article and man, I just, I had to take like five minutes of myself uh, and really sit there and think about what this man means to, me and uh men that do look like me that had have grown up playing the sport and are currently playing uh the sport of baseball uh i've he paid he gave me the a capability to actually you know play or even want to play uh i i look up to him hammer and hank i, I mean i wanted to smack the hell out of ball when i saw highlights of him and stuff obviously it wasn't i didn't ever got to watch him live which is unfortunate, but uh, being able to go back and, and, and watch videos of how great of a player he was, how he broke records pre-steroid error, um, and as you said, was super, super, super underrated. So he will be missed one of the – which I didn't know this, uh, Bud Seeley, Bugs, Bud Seeley, I didn't know they were like best of friends like that. Um, so that was something that I actually learned and I was thoroughly surprised by that. So again, you learn, you learn new things, even huh. when people are, passing. I didn't know that either. They're I mean, best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I know Hank Aaron's always been a real advocate for the sport of baseball and yes. one of the, uh, you know, just 
He was always there. All-Star Games, World Series, big moments for Major League Baseball. He was always there. Maybe it was the Milwaukee connection. I know Bud Selig used to own the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it was that. But, uh, you know, I mentioned Hank Aaron being underrated. And it's crazy. You hold the home run record yep. for 33 years, 755 home runs. Uh, he still holds major league records for RBIs, total bases, extra base hits, and is third all time in hits and third in games played and fourth in runs scored. And you're underrated. And I think just a lot of it speaks to that era. You know, he, he played in the, the late 50s, 60s, 70s, made 21 all star teams, but off the field, he was certainly an advocate for for civil rights and was a you know i think a lot of it you know he said i found a quote from him the other day when i was reading stuff you know about him and i think uh you know major league baseball did a great job covering this the network on on friday he said if i was white all of america would be proud of me he said this almost a year before he passed babe ruth but i'm black and i think that really you know and in the times and 1974 he broke the the babe's home run record yep and what a time you know that that was for the country but you know kind of left his he left his mark in his own way but certainly you know not enough was talked about him i hope his name is is raised up at this point in time i hope they they do something to really really honor this man because he is a one of a kind baseball player and also a one of a kind person. Uh, it, it's just amazing to me that as you read off those stats, I'm just sitting there just reminding myself because I, I I know them as well, and it's just it's clear why he isn't praised uh, and wasn't praised, and, and it still makes me sick. Uh, it, it makes me, you know, take a step back and really kind of assess everything and, and really realize like what, what history are we really telling? If this man is such a huge part, why do we not speak about him enough when it comes to baseball? Why do we just keep hearing about babe babes? All his records are pretty much broken. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he, he was great for his era and all that, but we have people like hammer and Hank that have come through and transcended a sport, not saying babe didn't, uh, but Hank did uh, for multiple reasons, but uh, I, I know he'll be missed. And I, I'm sure that uh, MLB will do something to pay homage to him as they should. Uh, you know, the, the Braves already said that they're going to wear the number 44 on their sleeves. I know this isn't what you're looking for. Or I would be looking for, but yeah. um, I thought was really cool. All the other Atlanta sports teams, like the, the um, Hawks and the, the Falcons, they said they're going to retire number 44. Um, I love it on their teams, which is just awesome. What he's meant to the city of Atlanta and, yes. and to sports in the South, you know, coming from Mobile, Alabama. Um, you know, born in the thirties and just to what he accomplished. It's just, yeah, it's, it's great. He will certainly be missed. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, I'm sure a lot more, inf- you know, documentaries information will be out about, you know, this hero and it'll be really great to, to see him. And, and hopefully that really motivates a generation 
of you know especially black athletes to play baseball there's there's certainly um you know not you know the i guess not as many as as there used to be and um there's a lot of reasons for that but you know he was just he was a monster in every great way as we get closer to baseball season i think we'll uh we'll have a nice little topic about that because i have a lot to say about that um when it comes to uh minorities and playing uh well more so black players playing that uh but we'll we'll get to that we'll definitely get to that uh you (laughs) it's our favorite 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 part of the show sam take us home with this man come on there you go so it's uh it's time for the uh (laughs) award-winning the award-winning soon to be award-winning no i'm kidding uh (laughs) Uh, do you care? No. Dun, 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 dun. We need some music. We'll get Gosh. it. We're working on new music. We'll get there. Uh, you gave me some homework last time we spoke. I did. I gave myself some homework. Learn more about the UFC, and I tried. I didn't. I didn't watch this fight, but there wasn't much to watch. As we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> Dustin, it's Poirier, right? Yeah, yes. okay. Dustin Poirier. Yep. Uh, he he uh, he knocked out Conor McGregor in the second round. Oh boy, oh boy, did he. Do you care? Absolutely. (laughs) I was so happy. I stood on my bed and I was clapping my hands. So normally, as I've gotten older, and I don't know if this is the same for you, Sam, but when I was younger, I loved the good guy. You know, Superman, yeah, great Batman, yeah. Even though I still love Batman, Batman is still my favorite superhero ever ever whatever sidebar um so you always had these guys that they're always winning and then you always have the jokers of the world that are losing and and it's just like all right the bad guy sucks but as i got older started loving the villain reason why i say that conor mcgregor has been the villain so so much that people love him they he's a villain but people love him and now this guy has kind of turned his whole spiel around. He's not as animated as he is before. Uh, and he's been losing a lot, which I'm so happy about. Um, I just can't stand Conor McGregor <laughs> is ultimately what I'm saying to you, Sam. Um, I don't care if he does good. I don't care if he does bad. I can't stand Conor. I don't, I normally love the bad guy. I, he does nothing for me. He just runs his mouth all the time and now he's been showing that he's been getting washed by people that are more elite than him in in certain situations yeah uh i'm not really a connor i'm not a huge us ufc fan but i want to speak out of turn but i'm not really into connor mcgregor um that said it was you know uh he just he fell apart he just got the (laughs) shit kicked out of him it was it was it was rough to watch for sure. Um, you know, and, and he, he kind of blamed it on inactivity. He's only had a couple fights That's in his the last fault. four years. Yeah. And he's dodged a lot of, you know, he had that little soiree into boxing. He's dodged a lot of big fights um, since then. So, you know, I, I know the first, the first thing that I saw uh, after I saw that he got knocked out was Khabib come out and, basically take shots tweeting at him uh could be you know who recently retired from from the octagon said 
This is what happens when you change your team, leave your sparring partners who made you a champion and spar with little kids far away from reality. <laughs> and basically Connor's response was, does he want to come back or no? Because he's not throwing no leg kicks. So it'd be really interesting to see. I guess my question to you, you know, being a huge UFC fan is what's next for Conor McGregor? Uh, he needs to either take it serious again or he needs to move on to boxing or he just needs to worry about his his liquor. Like, that's that's it. I, I if, you're, if you're not going to fight and you're going to duck people or you're going to take your time because you're a celebrity and you want to milk this for whatever it is, then understand that you're probably going to get your ass beat in the ring and you're only famous because you're winning in the ring. So, or excuse me, the octagon. I don't mean to call it the ring. It is the octagon. Um, if you keep losing, nobody's going to care who you are. You're going to be that guy that was the guy before. And now you can't win. So if you care about your legacy, you don't care about the money, what it sounds like you, you do, um, Go fight and fight people for real. Stop worrying about fighting Manny Pacquiao or a rematch with Floyd. It's just it's stupid. If you're going to do that, then do that completely. But you're disrespecting mixed martial arts by not really giving and putting forth the effort. You know, I don't I don't mind the like macho man bravado. That's a lot of what this sport is. And he certainly is a showman and, uh, you know, a, a character to say the least. But, you know, you, I think... Obviously, sports fans are very smart, and they get it. And UFC fans are some of the most passionate fans ever. I have a ton of very close friends that are like you, huge, huge UFC fans. They're not dumb. And, you know, they'll put up with the bravado and the smack talk and this the ridiculousness when you're winning and when you're putting up the numbers and you're putting up those performances. And he's just, I mean he just hasn't so we'll see yeah it's it's rust for sure we'll see what happens i'd be interesting to see if if khabib comes back or um you know kind of what's what's next for him it'll be an interesting thing to watch because i'm a ufc fan now oh okay well welcome I'm declaring it now welcome I'm i i uh i will help you out i will guide you to the promised land uh there you go. but i got you i got all you. right so next on our uh game we talked last week wednesday after the yankees signed former cy young award winner Corey kluber that the yankees needed some more pitching especially you know we talked about masahiro tanaka potentially if he doesn't get the money from the yankees he could find another team or go back to japan uh we talked about the young studs prospects that the yankees have that just you know we can't really rely on but are there uh, Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt, and, uh, you know, loss of Jay Happ, loss of James Paxton. The Yankees need to retool this rotation with Garrett Cole. And, you know, you can't count on Kluber. Well, they did that today and kind of shows why Brian Cashman is the best general manager in baseball. Hey, Hayes, do you care? The Yankees just acquired Jamison Tyone for four prospects, one of which I've heard of, and the other three I haven't. 
for a shot of Jameson for you and myself. Let's take this back and celebrate the Yankees actually pay att- paying attention to pitching. Um, yes, Sam and I may be homers when it comes to this topic. And guess what? I don't care. Do you care, Sam? Hey, man, it's not my fault. I'm a Yankee fan. Okay. That's this, all I need to hear. I, it's not my, you know, look, this is the thing. Like, I'm a huge Yankee fan, obviously, and I've been a Yankee fan my whole life. And even before all these recent World Series and whatnot. And I know that was a long time ago, but it's like, I, you know, it's really hard to get shit from people when their team just doesn't look your team could spend money too there's no salary cap yep yep. i'm sorry you're a royals fan like it you know it it sucks i mean the yankees the red Sox, the dodgers have been paying these teams in luxury tax fees and taxes for years i'm sorry you put it in your pocket and not into your ball club you know so it's it's one of those things so yeah i'm i'm not really apologetic when it comes to being a yankee fan because i under you know this is just the way to do it, but I am proud of the way the Yankees have built this team in the last 10 years or so. My man, Sam just went off on that one. I was expecting like a, like a short thing. He just gave no, me well, a, it's just, a mess. I'm messing with you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I hear you though. But like, but here's the thing, like, yes, the Yankees went out and spent $300 million on one of the best pitchers in baseball, something yes. they needed to do. Absolutely. But long gone are the days, you know, where we're spending, way too much money on AJ Burnett's and, and, you know, Mucina was a great sign, but for every, you know, Jason Giambi and Jarrett Wright and Carl Pavano. And like those days have been gone for a really long time. And we've rebuilt this farm system. We've kicked butt in international signing these draft, you know, draft prospects. If anything else, we trade them for guys like Taeyeon. So, you know, it's, we've rebuilt this team smart way we're still not over the luxury tax you know so it's like it's one of those things where you can talk you can talk smack about the yankees they just buy championships buy championships they're doing it they're doing it the right way this time you know they they trade a roldis chapman they get glaber back they trade uh you know uh um, andrew miller they get clint frazier and justice sheffield back they trade sheffield for James Paxton, a very similar move to this. Tyone's got some years left before he, you know, becomes a free agent. He, it was a number two overall pick formerly. He's had two Tommy John surgeries, which is, you know, scary. Um, He's also survived testicular cancer a couple of years ago. Wow. Um, But he's dude's a baller. He's got some of the best off-speed stuff I've ever seen. Uh, He's reunited with, one of his best friends in baseball, Garrett Cole. And actually Aaron Boone talked to Cole about getting Tyone. And obviously Cole was all about it. He's, I think he said something along the lines of like, if I, you know, this is a dude you want to go into battle with and just that resiliency. It's great. And Matt Blake, the pitcher coach of the Yankees is really, you know, has a great approach when, when uh, tackling these pitchers and, Maybe this is what Tyo needs to take it to the next level because the uh, I don't remember his name, the former pitching coach of the Pirates, 
they have a really weird way of developing their pitchers. And it's really just like throw fastball, throw fastball, throw fastball. And the Yankees obviously really rely on off-speed stuff and and a lot of uh, deception and, and spin rate and a lot of different uh, analytics. Yeah, analytics. And uh be interesting to see what Matt Blake and and the uh, Yankees, uh, you know, team can really do with the title. End rant. That was... Hell yeah, I care. I'm was, good. I'm excited. Yes, we know that Sam Sam cares, everybody. Sam Sam cares. <laughs> like, yeah, that was uh, it's pretty good, bud. Uh, Sorry, I like man. that. No, don't, don't apologize. Podcast, pretty good. Man. You just uh, you just had to let it out, and then I I sat here and I enjoyed it. I was listening. I was like, this sounds well, like just, Sam's on know, a podcast. <laughs> I'm lo- I'm looking at Twitter today after I saw the news, and again, the I don't know these prospects, but it doesn't really sound like we gave up gave up a lot and you know it's people just like oh yankees just stole tyone blah 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 and it's just like that's kind of what's going on in baseball right now i mean blake snell was traded from the rays to the padres for a very similar uh package it was not yep. what blake snell is worth and snell's worth more than tyone at this point but it's just kind of the market right now so good for cashman to kind of exploit that and um, you know, I'd, I'd feel really bad if I was a Pirates fan. They're just dismantling this team again. And, uh, you know, they're going to be at the bottom of the NL Central for a while, it seems. Sorry, guys. Should be all right one day. It'll get Maybe. better. Maybe one day. Go ahead. What's the next one? Here we go. Hayes, do you care? The Lions announced yesterday that they are going to be mutually parting ways with Matt Stafford their quarterback since like 2009 uh stafford only turns 33 this year he's got two years 43 mil left on a very team-friendly contract do you care i actually do um and that's because matt stafford is he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh if it wasn't for injuries, I honestly feel that this man probably would have won a ring already. Uh, he's just a hard nose quarterback, dislocates his shoulder, comes out of play, goes back in, scores touchdown, goes back out. Like it's just this dude is just a warrior. Uh, he's got a cannon. His his ability to throw sidearm is amazing. Like I remember the first time seeing him do that, I was just like, did this dude really just sling the ball down the field like that? Um, so for him, I do care uh, for the Lions. I could care less about that team. Uh, the only other line that I've actually, well, the only two, three lines I've actually liked is Barry Sanders, him, and uh, Megatron. Megatron. I think for a lot of sports fans, you ask them to name more than three lines and they couldn't name anyone other than those guys nate burleson there you go (laughs) look matt safford is as you mentioned a gamer the dude's played with like broke a broken back like the guy's done everything his wife came back from like you know she had some form of cancer i believe you know he's just he's a baller um in every way I don't think he, if he was healthy, he'd win a ring. He, if he was with a competent organization, he told, you know, he's, he's that kind of guy. He's got that grit. He's got what it takes to win. But it's really interesting to say that because the Lions have won one playoff game in their entire existence. So 
uh, be really interesting to see what happens to Stafford. Again, we reference this carousel. There's a lot of teams that could be vying for guys like Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. We mentioned, um, you know, uh, it'd be really interesting. Wh- where do you just a hunch? Like, where do you what do you think happens to Matt Stafford? Hmm. Maybe he goes to where maybe he goes to the Texans. Um also could see him going uh where is it to potentially Carolina. I don't know if they are sold on my boy Teddy Two Gloves. Um <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves. He could also be coming to your Jets. Uh it, it's he can go he could also go to I think the best fit for him. Would be to go to the Patriots. Yeah, and I agree, and that's been the rumor. That's where um, you should go. And as a as a Jets fan, that upsets me. But he would, you know he he's got that he's got great um, you know great arm. He's very accurate. He's tough. He can move out of the pocket. He can do a lot of things that Josh McDaniels wanted Cam to do. Um, Cam just did not have the season that anyone really thought he would have. So, you know, I think if he goes to a team like that, that's just, I mean, I think the Patriots need a lot of work. They've had a lot of really bad drafts and let a lot of guys go over the last couple of free agency periods, but a team like the Chicago bears, you know, no offense to your boy, Nick Foles, but you know, who knows what Foles has only done really great when he's come to the Eagles and then has faltered pretty much everywhere else. So, I, I love Foles when he's with the Eagles. I could care less when he's anywhere else. I, I mean, I want him to do good, but he ain't do good in that system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so be interesting to see where, what happens, Matt Stafford. You know, this kind of signals with the Lions. They, they hold the seventh pick in the draft. There's a lot of talk that, you know, up to four quarterbacks could be taken in the top ten. You know, is this a spot for Justin Fields from Ohio State? Trey Lance, um, Mac Jones from Alabama. They, uh, the Lions just hired a new head coach, former assistant coach of the uh, uh, Saints, Dan Campbell, who had a really interesting press conference that I think we both don't really care to talk about. But no, it involved biting kneecaps and uh, reference to the Big Lebowski and a lot of other things that you know so go check that out on your own time but uh you know what do you think's next for the lions under center i think they should start by drafting i think they really need to do a rebuild because i think the last real piece to keep there or that they kept around was matt stafford um jim swartz left uh, calvin johnson left uh now Stafford's gone. I think it's officially time to for them to really start doing a rebuild, but it's Detroit. Again, I don't – Detroit has never really been a, a top-tier team, so do they finally invest into the team and really start doing things and, and, and turning around? They can, they can get young pieces. They might have to live through the draft with uh, higher picks, which means terrible seasons, but I'm sure they're accustomed to losing now. Um, out there, which is sad to say, because I know that the city of Detroit, they definitely, definitely deserve something. Um, I, I just don't know if they do with the current roster that they have. So I, I, I think they, they get a quarterback through the draft and then they start trying to build 
team that way and also picking up some uh, veteran free agents along the way. Yeah, it could, uh, you know, be interesting. I've seen a lot of people speculate that maybe Justin Fields from Ohio State is is someone they're targeting, a new front office in, in Detroit as well. So, you know, they've just gotten this thing wrong so many times and they've just wasted so much talent, especially, you know, Megatron. Yes. Um, for all that time. And it, it just, you know, the, the people of Detroit really need to, uh, really need a, you know, a winner. And <laughs> it's just a shame that this team's, you know, I think won one playoff game in like how long they've been a team, 40, 50 years, 60 years. That's uh, pretty shitty. Wild. Yeah. So be interesting to, uh, again, I think we'll, we need to have, as free agency looms and the draft will uh we'll have like a quarterback episode and really break down uh break down what's you know what we see happening and and what has happened in that you know the qb uh world i can't wait for that i love talking about qbs so looking ahead as we wrap up the show anything else jump at you this week uh you know anything you're looking forward to this upcoming uh, week yeah i'm looking forward to the pro bowl i'm lying <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 you can so see lying. my face right now i, I, was like, I, what? I, I definitely saw your face uh <laughs> no I, i'm just looking uh forward to seeing what's happening with uh my fantasy basketball team uh because uh for some reason we're playing uh categories um, and it's absolutely terrible because now I have to worry about certain people getting free throws and rebounds and it's terrible. It's a nightmare. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing if my team actually decides to, to win with the big names that I have on there, uh, that should be doing their job. Uh, but I'm also looking forward to see if the nets actually, uh, stop turning the ball over and rebound and know how to play defense. That's what I'm really looking forward to see this week. Yeah. The, uh, the early, uh, you know, takes on, on your big three is, you know, back-to-back losses from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can your team play defense? I mean, they did against the heat, which I mean, they kind of did uh, cause it still was a high scoring game, but I think that's to be expected when you have Dan Tony on the bench. And if you've watched any Dan Tony team from being in Houston or with the Knicks, um, Dan Tony teams seconds yeah just get rid of the ball exactly it's just shoot shooting to your content that's pretty much his offense um again he's the assistant coach Steve Nash also comes from that system as well Uh, I think they definitely need to figure out uh, what they're doing on the defensive side but I also think they need time to come together because you have to think about it this way in the NBA superstars don't tend to play defense a lot it's normally they play like a little help defense, get get a hedge and just keep going. And that's about it. These guys are front and center because they depleted their bench. So now they're going to have to actually play defense and score the way that they want to score to win the game. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to seeing that this week. Yeah. You know, this is kind of the time of the year. I really start to, to dig my heels into basketball. Uh, my I just looked at my fantasy basketball team and as someone who loves fantasy sports, I know um, people don't really care when you talk about your own fantasy team, but I'll be tied for first place at the end of this week. So I'm excited about that. 
See, that's why we don't care. <laughs> so digging kind of my heels into that. And, and uh, you know, Knicks have been had some rough losses, but, you know, beat the Warriors the other day. Haven't, you know, playing well. I think they're getting their butts kicked by the uh, Trailblazers right now. But kind of dig my heels in there. Watch some hockey. Should I tell you how, how many points Dame Lillard has right now or no? Go ahead. No, nah, I can't tell you. I'm lying. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you torture Dame- yourself. Man, you know, I love Dame Lillard. He's like probably my favorite, one of my favorite basketball players, like right now. He's, I've been watching him in Weber State for those that don't understand really how long. Yes. Seriously? I'm so serious. Damn. Because um, I love college basketball. Um, but I, I caught wind of him. Uh, just like I caught wind of a lot of young prospects that are coming into the league, one being from Kingston, New York. Uh, who is going to be pretty phenomenal when he gets to college. I'm just – uh, his name is Dior Johnson, uh, for those that don't know. But there's – we can go, and I want to have a pod on that too, uh, about some of these young high school kids and, and really dive into that because, yeah, man, I, I love watching these ballplayers come up and, and get drafted. Same with John Morant. Like, I love – following a point guard because that was my position so yeah me and my homies we always every year looking for new kids in college to be like okay he's gonna do something or we think he's gonna do something and then also from high school as well so i look all the way back that far you know you mentioned john morant he's also like one of my favorite players and Mm -hmm. and the knicks when they drafted rj barrett i wasn't you know it kind of sucked but i was more bummed to not get john morant Mm -hmm. than i was zion and that's a conversation for another day too, but you know, um, we could, we could talk for hours about Zion yes. and John Morant, but yes. yeah, be, you know, again, this kind of time of year, I, I really get into basketball and um, looking forward to, to a good week. We have some time before, you know, the Super Bowl, a couple weeks. So we'll certainly keep you up to date with the news and whatnot on our uh, Wednesday show and, and next Sunday as well. Um, when we record absolutely but, but for now that's all we got yes thank you for listening to another episode we appreciate y'all uh keep up with our our instagram page keep liking our posts tell us if there's things that we can add upon um giants fans need not apply this is i'm speaking i'm speaking to a certain person sam you know what i'm talking about uh <laughs> but yes we uh we appreciate you guys for listening Uh, And we'll see you next week or later on this week. Yeah. Have a good one, guys.